Hey, it's Flatch. Welcome to this next episode of Next Gen 911 Future Makers. The podcast is about thought leaders and their impact on our future leaders in the industry. So today joining me, we've got Tracy Eldridge from Rapid SOS. Tracy, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Fledge. How are you? Good, good. Good to see you. You're a busy person. I'm seeing you all over the place. You are constantly out there doing something. Are you saying I get around? You do. <laughs> that's what the rumor is. That's what the rumor is. You know, I'm not saying nothing, but that's what the rumor is. <laughs> You know, what, what you do, What the, the thing I love about what you do and the reason why I wanted to have you on this podcast is that you are an enabler of people's careers for the future. And it, it's a very selfless thing, really, that you do. You're you're bringing things out that are important and and really shaping the future of a lot of things. And, and you are really the definition of a next-gen 911 future maker. I love that term now that I understand it. Well, and you know what? You didn't understand it at first. And I don't think I, maybe I didn't understand it when I think about it. So what is a future maker to you, a next generation future maker? Well, so when we first had this conversation about your new endeavor here, I have to say I was a little ignorant. Um, I was, I was looking at it in black and white. Oh, thanks for the soundbite, by the way. I'm a little (laughs) ignorant. That's going to show up all over the place, but go ahead. (laughs) No, I was I was I was truly a little ignorant. So you and I were having this conversation. You were telling me about a podcast, um, a new podcast that you were doing, and I just thought that was awesome because you need to be out there. And when you made reference to the nine or next gen nine one one or NG nine one one future makers, I'm like, dude, next gen's already here. Like, what are you talking about? Like, like it's not future anymore. It's here. And I was so stuck in that mentality that. Until we dove deeper into it um, and you explained that, no, it is the folks that are creating the future for 911, creating those future leaders. The next generation of 911. The next generation of 911. So, um, yeah. So when I hear that term now that I fully understand what it is that you mean, um, number one, I'm honored that you look at me that way. Uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that I do, I do because there were a lot of things in my career that failed me and I could have taken, you know, it personally, I could have gave up, but I actually used it to fuel my ability to share my passion with folks. And, and honestly, the passion to do the, just do the right thing, like be kind, be professional, help others up. I think a lot of times we get lost in our own life and our own stuff that we forget that there's a whole bunch of people around us that may need your help or your hand just moving up a little bit or even just getting up first getting up and then moving up and encouraging people to move up so when i get lumped into this category of you know ng91 future makers i'm gonna look back in 50 years and say you know what i know i played an important role in the air of around the 50 year anniversary of 911. So when we hit 100 years for for the anniversary of 911, I'm going to look back and say remember the 50 year anniversary when we were in Haleyville, Alabama and never in a million years would I have imagined I have the platform that I do now to make a difference. It is. I mean it and it's something that you built and I and you've got this fire in your belly, but sometimes you need to get pushed and that fire needs to get started. And that's why I constantly kid you. Oh well, I'm gonna I think I'm gonna do this, Fletch. Like, oh, you know, that's a great idea. You know, but you're a girl, so I hope you can pull it <laughs> off. And you know the reason I say that is to totally get under your skin. And you do, you do, you have, you have that way of, of pushing me out of my comfort zone. And I think that's key, right? So I was having a conversation with some folks in West Virginia earlier today. And one of the topics was be, about being a supervisor and that they're struggling to get folks to actually want to step up and lead. And, you know, I just think to myself, I'm like, oh, well, you know, it's easy. You just got to put yourself out there and just, you know, just do it. Like you just, and then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Um, I'm often sitting behind the scenes worrying and wondering whether or not I'm capable of doing something. 
So to have people like you um, often push me off the cliff and remind me that I am capable of doing these things is really important. So you have to surround yourself with supportive people and not only the people that are supportive, but the people that see your value and your worth. You know, there's a lot of times that I've been beat down by people in my circle or or in certain situations and I let them, <clears throat> excuse me, I let them get the better of me. And do you want to name them? We can name them right now. (laughs) That would be fun. I am not going to. That would be fun, Tracy. (laughs) No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that because it's not necessary, right? So, but honestly, if I did see some of those people today, um, well, maybe not in COVID days that we're living in right now, but I'd probably give them a big hug and say thank you because. There were so many situations in my career, in my personal life, where there were people that kind of beat me down and were aggressive and made me feel like I couldn't do things that when I look at where I am now and what I'm doing, I needed them to do that. They had to be that person so I could learn, so I could build up the strength to move forward and do the things that I'm doing. No, I think that's great. Now, one of, one of the things that, that you do, and, you know, it really, I thank you because I actually had my own little incident, which was really weird and the last thing I would have expected. But you speak out all the time on something that is rampant in this industry, and that's really I think next gen related because it's going to become worse and that's PTSD. You wouldn't, a lot of people wouldn't think, Oh, well, you're not going to, you know, how does PTSD come into play? And that's a person that's never been in a center, never sat under a headset and certainly hasn't been bombarded. I don't think any of us have been bombarded with video. I mean, we, that's still an area where we don't know, what that's going to be, but we can all imagine the impact that that's going to have. Yeah. So one of the things that I truly believe in is that the advocacy that I'm seeing now versus when I was a baby dispatcher, um, I was on another podcast earlier this month and we talked a little bit about, you know, what was the difference now than when I, when I was coming up as a as a telecommunicator or dispatcher i was a dispatcher then and um i just remember there wasn't a lot of training on it like like we weren't educating folks we weren't saying things like hey your your ears are gonna see things that your brain will never forget and my friend carol in in virginia said that in one of my training sessions one day and i told her i would steal it and i would give her credit every single time i said it because it is such a profound statement. My ears will see things that my brain will never forget. And I think many folks don't realize that as a telecommunicator, you're sitting there. If if I tell you to to not think about, I don't I don't want you to think about the Christmas tree with the green and red bulbs and the tinsel and the candy canes hanging on it. There is no way for you not to visualize that Christmas tree that I just said for you not to think about, right? So now there's a vision of a Christmas tree in your head that you're gonna take with you tomorrow, take with you the next day, and it's just gonna be there. And so when I talk about Next Generation 911, because, you know, I currently I work for a company that is providing Next Generation 911 data, the stuff that we had been talking about Not long after I started in this career, I was a baby dispatcher in 1996 and about what, 2000-ish, they started using the term NG911? Yeah, they started using it and and everybody, I don't think anybody really even knew what it was back then, a few. Nope, nope. And what I think they perceived it to be was, when I asked folks like, what does next gen 91 mean (laughs) to you? I would always get four very specific answers. Text and I Te- one. I was gonna say text. Pictures, That's the first videos. one. <laughs> text and I one. Pictures, videos, and retirement. Because in their mind, it's like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to do this. I didn't, I didn't sign up for this. I don't want to, I don't want to see this stuff. And I think what happens is, is 
in true kind of 911 fashion, we go right to the negative. And it's like, all right, let's just take a step back, take a step back and think about how many calls we get that are high critical priority calls. There isn't like it, we're not being inundated with those calls, right? When we think about it, even those big agencies that are fielding hundreds of calls, right? The majority of them are just routine. Maybe you have high adrenaline pumping calls here and there. Um, but the really high critical kind of profile calls, think about the frequency of those calls and then think about the times that folks are going to be like, hold on, wait, let me, I got a picture of that. Let me send it to you. Yeah. Right. So I think we get focused on the fact, like, just like with text to 911, you're very familiar with text to 911. And, you know, I mean, I don't even know. I know you had your your little map thing that, <laughs> that you failed to keep up on, which I need. Um, but nonetheless, you had that the last I saw, we were at what, like 30 something yeah. percent of the country. The is? last time I did it, we were maybe touching 50% that had something deployed in that county um, or, you know, a bit. But it was when I first made that map, it was really to kind of shove it down people's throats a little bit. No, not, that not I'm, you. Not that I'm that kind of. Not that I'm that kind of person. You would never do that. But it was almost like stop talking about this. Like it's all over the place and it's here. You've got right. these little dots around the country, and nobody knows what to do with it. And and everybody was like, oh, we're going to be inundated with text, and they were they were scared like it was the boogeyman. And and again, you know, I go back and there was a there's a famous telegram. If you Google this, you can find it. <clears throat> it's an internal telegram or memo from Western Union that says, you know, we've examined um, your invention, Mr. Bell, and we find that it has no inherent value. We believe people would like their messages delivered in person by a professional, and they're talking about telegrams wow. and the telephone. And they, they, they said, no, we're not interested in buying your patent. <laughs> now, today, that's just hilarious, right? right but right. But again, think about this, right? So just think about this with public safety. Of course, it didn't really apply back then. Nobody was sending telegrams to for the police department. But but in 9 when 911 came out, people were worried about that. Oh my God, we're going to be inundated with all of this. And and then when cell phones came out, uh, there are quotes from directors all over the place that are smart people. Well, there's no location. We don't know where these devices... I'm not going to take any 911 calls from a cell phone. And what's it, like 85% today? Calls yeah. come in from that? And, and no one would ever say that today. Um, uh, actually, I'm going to... I'm going to... I'm going to flip the script on that one. Okay. Um, so as you're telling that story, I'm I'm hard-pressed not to go back to a conversation that I had with somebody about. <clears throat> so at Rapid SOS, we provide a web browser tool that when it first came out, 911 call would come in, telecommunicator would type the phone number in of the 911 caller, and they would get the exact location of the 911 caller. Mm -hmm. I'm talking like if you pulled up on scene, you might see like a, a green dot above their head, like a location pin above their head, like that's how accurate it was. And I remember having a conversation with a director and I said, you know, we encourage you to make sure they're logging in at the beginning of every shift and querying every call. Yep. And if you saw the look on his face, he was like, oh, nope, nope. I, I there's no way I'm going to make them query every call. He says, and, and it was just a generalized statement. He just threw it out because it wasn't accurate at that moment was, you know, I'm going to have a hard time having them query every call when only four out of 10 locations appear. Right. And, and, and that like, was that was back in the beginning when not a lot beginning. of devices were contributing yep. to that. Right. Yep. Yep. For sure. So all of the devices hadn't even been upgraded yet. And in my mind, this is this is where there's that difference. Right. You asked about the NG91 future makers and folks that are just OK with the status quo. Right. Is for somebody to say to me, 
I'm gonna have a hard time getting my folks to query every call if only four out of 10 have a better location. That really upset me yep. because I just instantly, my brain instantly went to Denise Amberly, Kyle Plush, Laura Levis, and Chanel Anderson. Just four, right off the top of the bat, that if those were the four calls that had that better location, there might have been very different outcomes to those particular 911 calls. Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. All of those, right? every one of those. Every one of them. And, it, and, it, and it's really, you know, for, for people outside of the 911 community that might happen to listen to this, you know, the Chanel Anderson one was one of the early ones where yeah. she was literally, I mean, yards away from a invisible boundary line, and that's yeah. where the map stopped. And that was such a failure in technology, in policy and procedure, you know, because she was over the line. She knew exactly where she was. She described to a T what had happened and what was going on. But the dispatcher was helpless because they didn't have the tools yeah. for them. Right? right. Kyle Plush, that was that was just an unfortunate event of a bunch of different things. Yeah, and people that was, when you when you look at that, they were that was definitely a perfect storm. And they actually in that call, they actually did have the location. Yep. It was but to have it verified and not have the confusion. Yeah. It's mind blowing to me. So when you go back and you're saying like back then that nobody would say that, like that's what triggered this thought for me is when you talked about the cell phones that are coming in, we did, we had folks that were like, no, I'm not going to take cell phones. Yep. And then when this particular director said that, and that's what triggered this for me is when you said nobody would say that today, but they did say it. They said it to us when they they literally said, if we can't get the device-based location for every call, we're not putting it in. What? Yeah. So, and then I actually said in this session, I'm trying to be tactful. I'm like really trying to like keep it together. And I said, so would you ever tell a phase one caller that you're not going to take their call if we can't get a, a phase two location for every call? Like, yeah, it's it's having the ability to think just a little bit outside the box. Right. And and not fear that it's it's going to be chaos. Public public safety gets into this model where they really want to do their job and they want to do it well. And they yep. say, oh, wow, you know what? This is cool, but wow, there's this little small percentage of people that we really can't deal with because they don't fit into the model. So because that exists, we're not going to do anything. I'm like, that's like telling 98 people we'll save, we're not going to save you because we can't save these two. So nobody gets saved. And, right. you know, that's kind of counterintuitive to the, to the whole conversation, if you think about it. Well, when you mentioned, when we were mentioning the text to 911, it was that fear that folks were just going to get inundated. Yeah. Honestly, you know who... You know who's gonna, in my mind, who's gonna get inundated is the telecommunicators like 15 years from now. Yeah. They're gonna be getting, they're the ones that are gonna be getting more non-voice driven 911 calls, right? Like we both know in our jobs that we do that there are different types of technologies coming that have the ability to engage in a 911 response situation, but you know, everybody was so worried about these text messages and if, if I, did a survey of a thousand telecommunicators with text to 911 and asked, was it as bad as we thought it was going to be? Every one of them would say, no, I get like three a month, <laughs> right? Yep. And on the flip side, another thing that always drove me crazy was I was on several committees at the FCC where we were talking about communications for people with disabilities. And specifically, yes. we're talking about people who are deaf. Yeah. And, and TDD devices and how we're going to handle that transition into the next generation. It turns out that people who are deaf really don't like to communicate over text. What they're looking for is video. Right. Because they want to do sign language, right? Yep. And, and then that brings in the problem of, I don't want to go through an interpreter to get to 911. I want everybody 
in an environment, right? I want to, I mean, you know, we're doing a one-on-one Zoom today, but yep. when was the last time you did a one-on-one person-to-person Zoom? It's always you and 20 other people or five other people. That's the environment they want. And right. things like, well, the call taker needs to hear the background audio of the caller, even though they're deaf and they're using sign language. There are hints and clues and relevant yes. data in the background audio that they have been trained to listen for. Oh wait, was that a shotgun cocking? Right? right. So right. as somebody that flew the desk, you know, there's a lot of things that you hear in the background. Somebody screaming, you effing, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, well, there's, there's obviously something going on. Right. So, but again, people are ignoring new technology. Oh, we can't do video to 911. What about the things we're going to see? Yeah, you know what? That's going to be there, and we need to figure out a way around that to accommodate that. But, you know. Well, and I think with I think with that too is I I also think that when they say that videos can come to 911. That telecommunicator is assuming it's going right to them when in reality it doesn't always have to go right to them. Right? Sure. So I think back to, um, you know, something obviously very near and dear to to my home state, the Boston Marathon bombing, um, which inadvertently happened on my birthday. Uh, we were just get we were getting ready to go have something to eat and. My, my buddy Boosh was scrolling on Facebook and he said something just happened at the marathon. Now, my birthday has been on the marathon day, you know, 20 times. And and it's just a staple here in Massachusetts. And we were glued to the television for the rest of the day. Well, they have it for uh, your birthday when they were planning that, I'm sure. I'm totally, sure they totally took that into consideration. Duh. <laughs> now, um, but we were glued to the TV for the rest of the day. And I remember them saying like, send your pictures and videos from the finish line. Once they realized and had a a grasp on on what happened was, you know, send your pictures and videos from the finish line to this email address. Imagine like, okay, I, I have pictures, I have a video. Oh my, I have something that captured something. And now I'm trying to put in an email address and I get the letter wrong and, and I transpose something. And, you know, I just think that inbox that pulled in all of this data, when if citizens just knew when bad stuff like that happened, you just automatically text whatever you have to 911 and and maybe it doesn't just go to the telecommunicator. Sure. Maybe it has a way of going in a place that it can be looked at when... That's artificial intelligence, right? right? It's going to be sorted based on content. So, uh, by the way, um, now we've been talking for about 42 minutes and we've been recording for a good part of that. Um, This is a monumental moment in 911 history right now. I just wondered if you were aware of that. I'm I'm scared to know what is going through your mind right now. You have not said wicked once. (laughs) And I was talking about Boston. How did that even happen? And that's what that's what made me realize that. Wow! <laughs> How wicked that's is wicked that? Crazy! It's totally wicked. <laughs> that's wicked crazy. No, I, I I definitely think that folks anticipate the worst. When in reality, I hope that I have the ability to get folks, whether it is on the technology side or the mental health side, is to just start embracing things in a different way. Not not looking at, you know, I, I, I actually just wrote a leadership class on on leadership, but it was based on children's books. Oh, I like, saw I saw that. Yes. I didn't <laughs> and, see the whole and, thing, but I saw a post about it. Yeah. And and people loved it. They thought it was great. Like I literally took them back into the bandstand beers and, um, you know, Winnie the Pooh and and all of these lessons that we learned a long time ago. But there's my ADHD. I just went went to another another direction. Um, (laughs) I can't even remember where I was going with that. But so what what are one of the stories that you use? I just saw a reference to that and I was going to was going to read up on what you actually did. But what was one of the stories that that you used? Well, so uh, the my daughter was cleaning her bedroom. 
Well, how'd you get that to happen? Well, exactly. That, that's a valuable <laughs> lesson right there. <laughs> it was, I'll have to write a class on that. But so during COVID, she's in her room a lot and, and it was still painted pink and purple with the cute little princess border. And she's like, mom, I want to paint my room. And I'm like, well, I'm a little busy. So you're going to have to kind of take care of this on your own. So she did so much of the work and I was very proud of her. But when we went upstairs and we were going through a lot of her books and, and all this stuff, I'm looking at some of the books and I start flipping through them and I'm thinking, I'm like, there's some very valuable lessons here in these books. And I start reading one of the Winnie the Pooh books and I remember seeing all of these like motivational things on Facebook that are being shared. So then I just started going through all of these books and I just started taking the lessons out of each book and then kind of twisting it to look back on the on the dispatch aspect of it right so we we have so many leadership qualities that are that are in the 911 center however um sometimes we need to be just reminded of the stuff that we learned before we were 10 years old right sure and i know we're i i i had a thought there was a thought but this is how my brain works i just squirrel i went somewhere else there was a thought that <laughs> shiny thing like i don't even know where it went but um but yeah like we just have to get better at embracing things and and finding the reason and why things are happening and get better at moving forward and not getting stuck just yep. getting stuck being in the same place doing the same thing i know that we say this all the time i heard it in two classes yesterday um on the IPSTA conference with Doug Showalter and Nathan Lee. And, you know, the, the biggest word that comes to mind for me is complacency kills. Like when you say the word complacency, the, the next word that comes into my brain is kills. Because when we become complacent, when we become closed off, when we don't open up ourselves and look at things in a different way, something bad will ultimately happen because you can't resist change that long and when you do and if you're a leader and you have the opportunity to implement change i mean again going back to the rapid sos portal i see dispatchers on facebook groups saying i want this technology but my bosses won't let me have it yep they won't let us have it what this is free it is free free free, free 99 as mark swiderski says it's free technology and honestly i feel like when leaders get closed off like that and they're not opening themselves up to look at the way how other new, new things can implement, new things being implemented in the center can help not only the caller, but think about what it's gonna do for that telecommunicator. Sure. You, you and I both know what it feels like to not find somebody. Yep, yep, no, I know, you, you, you get this personal failure feeling yep. like I did not do my job when in fact you probably did more than your job and you exhausted everything yet you feel like I caused that problem yep. and that's, or what could I what could I have done what could I have done different yeah yeah you know what I mean God, it was it was so long ago. It was the last century when I dispatched, and I did that for maybe three years. Not a long time, but there are still things that come up, and there are still feelings that come up, and you know other things in my life. And I, again, PTSD. You know, so I had a brain aneurysm eleven years ago, and there were parts of that because my daughter was there that were very traumatic for her yeah, that I didn't realize. And all of a sudden, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago, I called you up and I go, Tracy, something's wrong. I'm feeling this. I'm doing this. And this is happening. She's like, oh, dude, you have I knew exactly. classic PTSD. And I'm like, oh, like my classic. God. Like, like it, was, it was textbook, <sighs> like textbook. And you're talking what you were describing. This is this was like 11 years later and it was something that I watched on TV, a movie that I watched that was yeah. the trigger and then when I was watching what's that new show Emergency Call Emergency where they Emergency Call. Pff, 
it was like trigger, 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 trigger. And I almost couldn't watch it. I was breaking down and crying like a blubbering baby. And I'm like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? And that's when and, I called and what you. I do, what I, well, and what I do know is I know it was extremely hard for you to pick up that phone oh. and call me, first of all. For help? Like, yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was. And, you know, I. Because you're a girl, uh, number one. You know, just yes, you to get know better. you're going to get backlash, but this is what we do, people. I'm not offended. This is what we do. Um, you should hear what I, ha- I say to him. But um, I know that it was hard for you to make that call because we try to do this on our own. Yep. Right? We're like, I'm going to try to... You might have to edit this out. No, that's on. okay. It's a dog barking. <laughs> Sander, come here. <laughs> that's part. That's part of your support crew. <laughs> yes, he is my support crew. Come here. Hold on, let me let him out. What Tracy doesn't realize is that we've switched her regular coffee for Folgers crystals. You know what you just said? <laughs> What's that? I don't even know what you just said. I said. I said. <laughs> what Tracy doesn't realize is we've switched her regular coffee. <laughs> For Folgers crystals. No. (laughs) All right. Where was I? All right. Let's go back. So I know it wasn't easy for you to make that call because we think that we can do this on our own. Um, A lot of folks will say when you're struggling, reach out. And again, I'm going to flip that script and say that I know what it feels like to not be able to reach out. Um, I was in a really bad place one day and there were a lot of really difficult thoughts going through my head and and I wasn't sure I was going to come out on the other side of those thoughts, but something happened that snapped me out of the place that I was in. I had kind of disassociated from everything around me and um, I can assure you in that moment, I was not able to reach out. I just wasn't. Yeah. And, and people think like when you're in that place that it's easy to go, oh, wait a minute. You know, Sophia McGillicuddy and Henrietta Hinkeldorf and all these people, they told me if I need help to reach out and, oh, I'm just, I'm just going to reach out because they told me to reach out. It doesn't work like that. Yep. So the fact that you saw that something wasn't right. And when I say isn't right, it's like triggers are obvious things. It's like I was, I was a victim of domestic violence in my first marriage. If somebody steps forward towards me aggressively and raises their voice, that is going to be a trigger no matter what. Like, sure. It's just gonna be a trigger. That's an obvious trigger. So when you explained to me the story of what was happening and what happened on television, to me it was like red alert. Like this is a no brainer. This is a trigger all day long. Those are the ones that we can see and we can fix. It's the triggers that we don't know about. So I, I'll, I'll give you an example. One of my telecommunicators had a, a traumatic call that had happened And when one of my sergeants came back from the call, she said something really bad to my dispatcher. And and that dispatcher held on to this negative comment that made my dispatcher feel like a two-year-old child did not make it because of her. Mm. Uh, Yeah, I remember you telling me that story. That's a horrific story. And my God, it was just, you know. (sighs) And then seven years later, a call that started off similar to that call had nothing to do with that type of call. It was a totally different call, but because it had a similar action of my dispatcher being hung up on by the caller, because in the first call she was hung up on. Yep. And then seven years later, she was hung up on. And that seven years later call had a really profound effect. And this was the effect, this was a call that shouldn't have affected her. But it wasn't the call that affected her. It was the behavior on the call that affected her. So we do have to make sure that all of this stuff that we're moving forward, you you are 100% right at the beginning of this conversation, that PTSD awareness and mental health is a part, is more a part of NG911, like the real NG911 generation, right? That, that generation. Yep. The actual technology and structure and all of that. PTSD is 100% and mental health and wellness and stress is more a part of that today than it ever has been. I think the manufacturers need to understand that better coming from that world 
Yep. You know, they had a Section 508 guy, Dr. Paul Michaelis, when I worked at Avaya. He was our he was our 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 disability guy, our ADA guy. That was his job. He was a yep. he was a PhD yep. scientist that worked with the technology to make sure that things that we built were accessible. Yep. I believe that in people that provide public safety content and gear, they need to have a PTSD specialist understanding what the impact is going to be that their equipment is going to enable call takers, dispatchers to see, hear, feel, maybe smell in the future. Who knows? God, I hope not. But you I know, hope not. <laughs> this is this is something that has to be dealt with or else you're going to have people triggering like crazy and think well, about and think, think about the new 988 number that they're going to that they're starting to publish right now that's that's a whole new topic and we're and we're gonna that's so deep i want to have another podcast with you about that because i want to understand what you feel the impacts are of a of a 988 suicide hotline you know the purpose of that number is help i need help i'm gonna kill myself right now wow that that just turns everything upside down talk about flipping the script well and it does because you know, I, I have to say I had kind of mixed emotions when I, I'm like, isn't that what 911 is, though? Mm-hmm. Right. Like in my mind, if I'm there, if I'm in that moment, like I'm going to I should be calling 911 because they're trained to handle this. Yeah. But here's the thing, Tracy. 911 is be, because it's one number and it works everywhere. Yeah. It's one number and it works everywhere. And yeah. everybody knows it. It is the most common brand in the world, even in yeah. countries that don't have 911. You go to Europe, you go, oh, I'm going to call 911. No, they're gonna call 112, but they all know they're calling it 911. It's like Kleenex or Band-Aid, yeah. right? Or Xerox, right? Maybe not Xerox anymore. <laughs> like Xerox, where is there even a Xerox? Back anymore? in the days of mimeographs. <laughs> But oh my gosh! So hey, you you just dated yourself, man. No, well nobody else will date me. The uh, <laughs> 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 you, you, look, there's no way of it not going there. Okay, I'm just uh, I know. I'm not programmed that. like that. But I forget for, talk about ADD. You just did squirrel. <laughs> Yeah, see, we're see. That's why we get along so well because we're so similar, right? We have the same passion for. Oh my god, we can't remember what that what we were talking about. But anyway, it flips the script. I think is what we were talking about. You know, it it it's it's more of oh, I remember what I was saying. So nine one one has become the common number. Everybody knows it. Everybody dials it. It's become information, almost. Yeah, yeah. It's how I reach the police, and there's nothing wrong with that. See, that's another thing. I think public safety dispatchers need to embrace that. And if it's not an emergency call, then hand it off. And the problem is, is the way the infrastructure is built. I've got these finite number of lines. I'm sitting in a center with six positions. I've got eight trunks for 911 calls. That's my limited resource. If it's not an emergency, I need to get it out of that funnel so that people with emergencies. All right. Well, you know what? The technology exists to make that tunnel elastic today. Yeah, so the logic becomes different. only give me six simultaneous emergency calls and the other calls that come in will deal with them with other people and that doesn't eat up the bandwidth. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think it is, you know, a matter of education. And and when I said that, you know, now here comes 988 and it's like, all right, well, when do you call? Is it, you know, now it's a huge education piece, but believe me, don't get me wrong. I am all about making things easier for everybody in the midst of kind of those, those moments. I want to see things get better, but I also know that I do tend to get a little closed off when it's something new and I don't understand it until I truly understand it. Right. I mean, that's just natural though. And look what I did to Rapid SOS. Here I am in a podunk, small town communication center, and I'm going to take on this tech company who thinks they're going to solve the 911 problem with an app. And I'm like, oh, hell no. No, we are not going to do that. And, And I was so closed off. But guess what? 
we actually saved people with that app. You know, Why? Because it, progress is moving forward and, and people are doing things a little bit differently. So we do have to keep up with what they're doing these days. I'm, I'm going to mention it only because he mentions me when he talks about the evolution of what happened. I remember the day in Nashville, Tennessee, six, seven years ago now, when Michael Martin ran up to me, Mr. Fletcher, Mr. Fletcher, I fixed NextGen 911. Let me guess, Michael, you wrote an app. Yes, it's called Haven, and here's what it does. Involve. And I'm like, stop right there. And listen, so I'm going to, I'm going to, you know what I vision every time you tell that story? <laughs> have you ever, you seen the cartoons or whatever, and you have this like big giant, and then here comes the little kid and he's running towards him, the giant just puts his hand out and the kid's like swinging his arms, like trying to get to him. Like that's what I picture when exactly. you tell the story about how like, no, we're, all right, let's stop. Let's, let's take a breath clearly and let's, let's approach it. Right. It was so but cute. Guess what? This it, but that app, it it saved people. It was Be great. Why? Because those people, that's how they were going to communicate. Just like you said, with the deaf and hard of hearing community, let's meet people where they are most effective. Yep. Right. Where, where they're going to give me everything that I need. Um, Android ELS is capable of sending language to our um, emergency response platform, and I just remember, like, in a twenty-year career. There was one time, one, that I should have used the language line and I didn't. And the stress that that call had cost me versus just embracing and saying, all right, well, I, ha I, don't, I don't use the language line a lot, but I know it's there and I'm going to use it instead of having a fear of it. I should have used it and maybe the outcome of the call would have been better because one of the things that we did learn in that situation is talking louder and slower to somebody <laughs> that can't speak English doesn't work. <laughs> that that cracks that me up. You know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Where are <laughs> you? Yeah. Do you understand me? And it's no. Like, no, no, it doesn't change it, right? So when I see that Google ELS is stepping up and sending us the like the preferred language yeah. to the platform where the telecommunicator can look and go, oh, they speak Spanish or Portuguese or Indian or whatever it is that they speak. That just saved me a whole bunch of time. So think right? about, so that's a great example. So think about this, the technology, you know, I've got individual dispatchers, call takers logging in. So Tracy Eldridge exists and Tracy has a special skill set. Tracy can do these things. And one of those is I can understand and speak these languages and Bob yep. can understand and speak these languages. So now when a call comes into the center, and I need a Spanish, it, it's marked as someone who speaks Spanish, and I've got a Spanish-speaking call taker, that's where I want I'll the call to go first, and if I can't get the call there, then I'll give it to Tracy as a backup, yep. but yep. you know what, let me, and this is the thing that everybody talks about local knowledge when we consolidate 911. Again, just because you're consolidated, you could be virtually consolidated. Right, the core is up in the cloud. We're leaving the people in place. So now if a call comes in for Ringwood, New Jersey, well, I'm gonna look for the Ringwood dispatchers. And if they're not available, I'll go to Wanakue next town over. Cause they're gonna be yeah. next familiar most with the area. Cause yes, that geography is, is yeah. valuable. But guess what? If nothing else is working, the dispatcher in California that knows nothing about my area still has the tools to help. They're just not my best choice. And I that I mean to look at things that way is is it's a step in the right direction and getting folks to understand and look at it that way. Like I just did a podcast um, with um, Dan Wright from Baldwin County in in Alabama. They had some pretty intense storm that came through hurricane sally rode through and they activated a turt response and he talked about those turt dispatchers coming in from other places and one of the things that he talked about was just what you just said is um they were they were very the telecommunicators that were there when they were in the process of training these folks to take the calls they were really focusing on getting everything that they do down to a science and that's not really what TURT is. Yep. TURT is get them in the chair, get them to answer the overabundance of calls 
get them to do the basic stuff and then leave the specialized stuff to the folks that live in the center. Exactly. Right? Filter so it out. Having, having that open mind to say, no, they don't have, it's not, it's not, they're not going to do it to the best of their, I mean, they're going to do it to the best of their ability. They're not going to do it like you or I would do it sitting in the center, but at minimum, they're going to be able to do something versus nothing. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You know, it's just it's just the way that uh, we deal with things. So you've got. Um, what's your next step? Where are you taking yourself? I don't know. I have ADHD. Remember, <laughs> I, I can be starting off on one path and then shift and move. Oh, maybe that is what's going to happen. Oh, maybe gee. I might be shifting and moving. Oh, maybe. So, yeah. so this podcast is being recorded before something's going to happen, but air afterwards. So yes. uh, all I can say is stay tuned because uh, there'll be some new and exciting things. Yes, I'm very excited. I, I have a I have a new chapter of my book of 911 life that I will be writing in the near future. And I'm very excited about the change, the challenge, the excitement. Um, you know, one of the things I've been very, very fortunate to have is the ability to be a part of something so amazing as what Rapid SOS has done um, that, you know, we have we have provided technology that not only saves the caller, um, but Rapid SOS has given me an opportunity and a platform to share that importance. Like we talked about before, right? Is that that PTSD and having somebody in a vendor world that can truly understand the need for mental health and wellness. Um, and they allowed me that opportunity. They, they gave me the opportunity to see how much passion I had for helping telecommunicators in a very different way. And over the last four years, I have had the opportunity to to save lives on both sides of the call. Yep. So, and what they're doing is they're continuing to be innovative in the development of the industry, not just as a product, but in people that they're creating. They are a next generation future maker, just as Absolutely. much as you are. Yep. So I'm excited for some from some new endeavors that are going to be on my horizon. Um, and if folks want to hear the full story, by the time this podcast launches shortly after that, I'll be launching my own with some pretty, pretty amazing updates. So stay tuned. I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> And you only know what it is because I needed your help with a few things. So. Yes, yes, and I'm very, I'm very proud that you called me, actually, and said, "Help! I need some help." See, that I was asked a, that for was help a big, that was a big, big move for you. <laughs> oh my God! I've got to call Fletcher and ask for help. Oh, now I'm gonna owe him. <laughs> and I'm a girl. And I'm a girl. And I'm never going to live this down. Ever, but. ever going to live that down. You know, that's wonderful. No, I'm excited. I'm, I'm very excited for, for everything that's going to be happening in the, in the near future. And um, there's there's no place to go but up. And when I when I say up, it's like I don't I don't want just the foundation of 911 to just be what we've always had. Like we have to we have to take it to the next level. Um, we have to bring our passion back and we have to we have to just make our telecommunicators better. And and by doing that, I I will be able to rest my head every night and know that I'm making a huge difference in so many different ways. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me for the last hour. God, whoever figured that would happen. <laughs> Listen, my ability to communicate is a gift, <laughs> regardless of what you may think. Just, <laughs> you were well gifted. That's all. I <laughs> hey, let's sit down Thank for 10 you. minutes. Okay, let's. Actually, you know what? I was smart. I said, let's do a half hour. Mm. Yeah, so you so, knew when it was So we got it. Hour. We got out in an hour. That's okay. I think it was interesting. But but thank you for being a, a next generation future maker. What's the last bit of advice you've got for today's brand new baby dispatcher? Oh, take care of yourself first. Take care of yourself. Nobody ever told me to do that. And, and you know, the nature of the job is just to give so much to everybody else. You give to your callers, you give to your center, 
you know, you do things that you don't normally want to do. You take shifts that you're exhausted and you need a break, but you take the shifts anyway. Um, just put a little bit more, invest more in yourself and your mental health and well-being and, you know, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Always a first responder. Always. God Always. bless you. I'm, I, you know, it's just... Uh... I feel this brother-sister thing with you, and I always have, and I'm just yeah. so proud of you and what you do and how you do it. Uh, it's just, I've got so much respect for you, Tracy. You, you cannot believe. Thank you. And coming from you, that means a lot. And I'm not just <laughs> saying that. I'm not blowing smoke, but... I'm you know, tough. You, I'm, I'm tough you, on people. You are, you, you are very tough, and you've been tough on me, you know? And, and here I am still coming back <laughs> like the lap dog, like, all right, you kicked my butt, but I'm still going to adore you, and I'm still going to come back because... I know that at the end of the day, you and I are very similar and we are cut from a very similar cloth where we're extremely passionate about this industry and we want so much for things to be looked at as a different way. We want things to be embraced because we want to make sure that everything 911 is the best that it can be. So I, I appreciate your support, your unwavering support. Well, thank you very much. Even, even if it's a little tough sometimes, but that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. It. We both enjoy it. <laughs> I, you know what? I love it. I tell you, I, lo I love getting beat up by you. <laughs> yeah, and then there was that time you made me cry, and I think you were like, oh, Oh, crap. my God. Let me tell you something. When that happened, it's like, okay, you've gone way too far. You scared yeah. the hell out of me. But here we are, right? But here we are. And, 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 we, both and we both learned something that day. We, we learned a lot, and, and I will forever be grateful for that moment. I, I, you know, we, we tend to look at things that happen as, as a negative thing, but in this case, I end up in tears, you take a step back, you look at my point of view, I look at your point of view, and here I am about to do something very different. <laughs> it was... Uh... It was it was a day of tough love. Yep. So for both of us. So absolutely. I appreciate you. Well, good luck on your new adventures, whatever they may be, wherever you're doing. You're not you're not really changing families. You're extending. Nope. You know, extending so. my extending extending my 911 reach in a very different way. That's so. all. And we're not. You know, I want to say this so bad, but this is not going to publish until afterwards. So it doesn't matter if I say it or not so all right well we'll come back we'll come back and visit that thought thank you so so much for being a, a part of this podcast and um making this new endeavor something that's valuable to a lot of people for a lot of different reasons you are certainly a next generation future maker and uh there'll be plaques and t-shirts coming someday all right i'm like do i get a cup or a mug or something like at least a stick <laughs> but you are number two jeremy damar was number one yes and yes. you are number two because it's all right because because he lives near you no is that what because <laughs> no. you're a girl oh, how did i not know that <laughs> oh i should have known that <laughs> Thanks so much for joining me today, Tracy. Tracy Eldridge from Rapid SOS, our next-gen 911 future maker number two. Have a great day. Thanks for doing right. this with me. Appreciate it. All right, I'm going to go. All right, love you, sis. Have a great day. Love you, too. I'll talk to you later. All right, see you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.